Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Hey, do you like taters and onions out on the riverbank? Oh, absolutely. I mean, somebody stop me. Frank Cox, do you know anybody that doesn't? No, no. Well, not not American anyway. You know, I mean, if you're from the Midwest and, and uh, you camp and fish and hunt and anything and you get near water, I mean, you camp, you know, the next morning. That's the first thing on my mind is iron skillet. You know, and some taters and onions. I mean, who? You better not forget it. You oh, abso- absolutely. Hey, th- that'd be the quickest <laughs> way I know of to get expelled from oh, river yeah, camp. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, you know, Bill Cooper here, mm-hmm. the gravel bar gourmet. Mm-hmm. I've been writing absolutely. about cooking on gravel bars in particular mm-hmm. for the last two or three decades. Mm-hmm. And folks, we're going to talk about that once in a while. Here on the show. Yeah. But Frank Cox, the guru of cooks, smokerbuilder.com. <laughs> yeah. This guy can cook builder. anything. And I, I, try and I accuse him all the time of picking up roadkills and serving them up as roast beef and that sort of thing. Well, you, you know, know, there's things we can do. If, if you brought the taters and the onions and the bacon, we can't oh, forget that. Because absolutely. we're going to need some bacon grease here. You know, it ain't nothing you can't cook. If you got those three items, maybe some SPG, salt, pepper, garlic. You bet. You know, then we're fine. We you, got it. You bet. And it's so interesting you bring this up because I've written, boy, dozens and dozens of articles over the years, over five decades, about floating down the, these majestic Ozark rivers, you know, in mm-hmm. southern Missouri and northern Arkansas. And it's surprising. Some great outdoorsmen get a hold of me at times. I've never been on a floating camping trip. Yeah. What do I even take? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll tell you here the necessities. So for me, Bill, I don't know about you, but like the thing number one I got to have is a good size iron skillet. As long as I can carry it, you know, if you don't want to get too heavy, but we got to have at least that, you know. And so if you've got that iron skillet, anything you can catch, anything you can kill, you know, you can pretty much make a meal out of it if you got taters, onions, a little bit of seasoning, SPG, and some bacon, you know. And if you can't carry the bacon, keep some bacon. I used to take uh, the bacon grease, and we would put it in the ice. You know, we had an old ice cube tray. We'd put it in there, and that portions it out for you real good, you know. And then if you've got that, that ice tray full of that stuff, you can almost freeze it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and it stays hard as long as it's cold. Put it in a cooler or something or a little bag, you know. But then you got a few cubes of that. You can pretty much just put that little cube in there. We can start a roux. You know, we can, uh, if we got taters, we can peel them up. You can just slice them like you do for chips, you know. Or uh, if you're going to make, uh, you know, uh, like fish and chips, for instance, you know, you're going to catch some trout or smallmouth or whatever on the river. But, uh, you know, the, the onion goes in there and it just balances everything out. So, um, I don't know what kind of bacon you like. Do you like uh, you like peppered bacon, or do you care? I like it all. All, <laughs> all. And I tell you another thing. You know, when you're you got that big old iron skillet and you're mm-hmm. cooking bacon, sometimes you wind up with a lot of grease, mm-hmm. and you can keep that keep that stuff 
put it in a container or, or you know, if mm-hmm. if everything's right, you can just leave it in the skillet. And I had this happen one time at, at a river camp and a good buddy of mine. I won't call any names. But, <laughs> uh, it could cause some serious issues. But got up next morning and looked like mouse tracks through that solidified bacon grease. Uh-oh. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have to throw my grease away. My buddy looks at me and he said, you know, if you turn the heat on, they go away. <laughs> the tracks do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. They, they do for sure. So a couple survival skills here. You know, anybody can throw grease in a skillet and throw the throw the stuff in there. But there's a thing called a roux that's really important. And we got to have some flour for that. That's my way. You can use cornstarch, I suppose. But you want to make a legit roux to make some gravy, let's say. So I always like to do, when I'm doing butter, you can even use butter. Three butter, two flour. Or three grease, you know, two flour. And as you need to thicken it a little bit more, you can throw a little bit more in there. But that's like parts, like you mix and paint. You know, you always do one part sure. of this, two parts that. So we do one part of grease or oil or butter or whatever you got. Bacon grease is preferred. You're a lot more technical than me, Cox. It's got to be right. <laughs> hey, you, you haven't had my gravy on the, on the we, river, man. I start making that stuff. I don't measure anything. It's little this and little that. When it starts looking right and I taste of it and it tastes right, it's ready. Well, you but you know what? If, huh? if I need a little more thickener, there's a whole river full of water out there. Well, there I could is, get too. Just a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Sometimes I'll carry milk or even powdered milk along, you know, but still got to mix river water with mm-hmm. it. So, right. So yep. you're the engineer type, so I understand. Well, we like to make it consistent and repeatable. That's my thing. We, we want to <laughs> oh, be able to be like, well, because, see, you man, know, we're on two total sides of the fence. <laughs> I, I, I don't care if it's the same every time. <laughs> well, what happens is, is you get out there, you cook. The, this is the time when, I, when we was up on the river, up on the Wisconsin River. We camped out there on a sandbar. We thought the sand was going to be the best place to sleep, right? wrong answer that stuff gets in everything and it's hard you're killing me man (laughs) out on the river you don't you know what my has been for decades my (laughs) secret ingredient to ever recipe a pinch of sand i just put it in there automatically because it's going to get there i remember you telling me that absolutely but but we were out there on the river that time and and we brought some bratwurst and some onions and we had some oil or whatever and the little sam adams and we poured it all down inside the dutch oven you know and we let it cook itself to death you know well that was the best bratwurst we ever had bratwurst and onions guess how many times we made that bratwurst and onions never again why it it was never the same so a consistent hey, and repeatable that's where i go i'm gonna convert you man raise your right hand i'll try <laughs> hey i don't know if you've ever heard me say this or not it used to be a elderly black lady lived down the gravel road from us way out in the country you know fabulous cook you know always wood stove you know mm-hmm. just that aroma her whole house smell that way but us little boys would walk up and down the road in front of her house just to smell stuff you know mm-hmm. but she had a saying we asked her for a recipe one time and offended her big time she said cook's like religion is. Some selected and some ain't. But rules don't no more make a cook than sermons make the saint. <laughs> I can right, see that. Are you converted yet? I am after okay. hearing that, boy, I tell you what. So yeah, the most the one of the most key ingredients in my mind is is first of all bacon grease. You know, like mm-hmm. we already covered taters and onions and iron skillet, and then we talked about uh makings for a roux, mm-hmm. right? Because we gotta have a roux. Now we can make white gravy. Or we can make brown gravy. Brown gravy. Good you like brown gravy? Good brown gravy. <laughs> so I've always been partial to white gravy myself. Oh. Just because now there I just don't know what it is about it. It maybe that's the first gravy I ever made was some was some sausage some white sausage gravy, you know. And uh, of course you know me, I, I'll I eat love it one. sausage. 
But, uh, you know, here lately, it's been an important thing to me to work on my brown gravy. And there's a little bottle of stuff that my mom always had, had around called Kitchen Bouquet. That's for guys that mess the gravy up. Because if you can't fit, if you can't make gravy, you put the kitchen bouquet in there, it changes the color, and it gives you a little bit of flavor. i got to buy some of that just to carry along with me to give know, to the other cooks in camp. That's right. Because like if, if, you, uh, if your gravy doesn't look right, it won't taste right. That's You're exactly my right. You're exactly and, right. And because uh, if you get the watery white gravy, you know it ain't thick enough or something. Everybody turn their nose up. Now I, li- I like good white gravy with something like fried squirrel out on the riverbank. Oh bank. yeah, 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 for real. And then a little bit of that Worcestershire sauce is always good, just to put a dab in there. You know, you don't uh-huh. want too much. Um, I'm a huge fan of pepper in oh, my gravy. Too. I like I like red pepper and black pepper. Kids don't. My kids don't like the red pepper, but. Dude, I could go with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you could you could pretty well make anything you want if you have those things right there. Fry squirrel up. My grandma used to make squirrel gravy, and uh, you know she'd fry that squirrel in the skillet with some oil or whatever, oh. and render it down. And uh, then she would pour a little water in there and cover the pan, and that would steam those squirrels. But then you get all that juice left over and the moisture and all that stuff. Pull the squirrels out, make the gravy, throw some shrooms in there or something. You know? Oh, hey, I see a trip coming up, Cox. We need to repeat a trip I did about 30 years ago on a big piney river. I floated for several days all by myself. I was floating along, seeing squirrels everywhere. Well, I had a little twenty two pistol with a red mm-hmm. dot on me. I knocked this big old fox squirrel out of a tree. And of course, he fell in the water, and I kind of lost him there for a little bit. But I'm fishing along, and I caught some goggle. I found my squirrel. He's floating down the river, so I just picked him up. <laughs> that evening, man, I had fried squirrel with that white pepper gravy oh yeah and some fried goggle eye and mm-hmm. some you, potatoes and onions too now what yeah, do you think yeah. about that meal oh absolutely yeah yeah cornmeal on the corn flour or cornmeal on the on the for the breading on the on the fish on the fish yeah yeah, yeah yep. that's good yep. man you know what I, I never really did get into that many goggle eye i've tried hard you oh. know i've caught a few of them but man those are those are Fun fish to catch. They look oh, awesome. They're they're crazy. They are. The they're world. beautiful fish and yeah. one of the best eating fish yeah. that swims. Goggle eye rock bass, you know, I think is the real term for them. We call them goggle eyes around here, I guess. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, down at Westco, where the Merrimack crosses a road right there on the gravel road, I used to go upriver from there, and I'd take one of them little yellow roadrunner jigs and I, with the mm-hmm. blade on it, and I'd put a little piece of night crawler on it. And you'd catch them ones in there. I don't know what they are, but they look like they're a cross between like a green sunfish and a goggle eye. They got the, the stripes on them, you know. Mm. Never seen those anywhere else. Uh, I don't know if it's an oddity down there or what. Well, they used to be a nuclear plant. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, Something like that. But any of those stream fish, the little guys, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you, In fact, I remember... I fished a little stream one time with a good buddy of mine. And the boys were little, five or six years old, and we caught like a five-gallon bucket of them. Oh, yeah. And they were not quite a hand size, but this, mm-hmm. I'm going to gut these things out and scale them from Hogue, you know. And, boy, he flayed them all out. And, oh, my gosh, they were little bitty things, but yeah. drop them in the grease for, you know, 30 just, seconds yeah, like that. They were bit. done. They're like fish chips. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of dubbed this guy, you know. I told him, I said, hey, McDonald's and their nuggets don't have anything on you, man. It's fish nuggets right out on the riverbank. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been down in there fishing. I miss it a lot. You know, we get busy and we, we forget about all those places we used to go, you know, and you got to slow down and just take it easy. Get out there on the river, enjoy a the great land. way to do this, yeah. and here's a great tip, and I've done this for the last several decades. You know, when we were young, man, I used to want to do 25 miles a day, and it's after dark when you're throwing camp up, you know, and uh, I slept under a 
flipped over canoe many a night because I was too tired to put the tent up. I have a policy. If you go with me on the river these days, we're going to stop and pitch camp at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock, and we're going to have a nice, big, comfortable camp, and we're going to cook. There you go. You can be in charge of the sand. I'm, I'll be. I'll do that. I'm good with that. What, what color sand do you like? <laughs> hey, as long as it's gritty, that's all that counts, man. But yeah. I tell you, and we're blessed here in the Ozarks. We've literally got hundreds, if not thousands of miles of beautiful streams oh, yeah. that we can float. And you know what? This is in January. In my younger days, I always did a January floating camp in a January thaw. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of the January thaw right now. It's oh, yeah. 50-something degrees out there. It is. It'll be a great time to go. But very few people out there this time of year, too, and some of the best fishing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I used to do no creel at all the trout parks around here, you know, because that's the time when nobody else is around. They can't limit out, you know, so you get rid of all the crazy people, you know, because when in the summer when you go down there, there's all the guys in there that's, uh, you know, they're shoulder to shoulder and they're trying to limit out. That's the whole reason they're there, you know, and they – You betcha. Anyway, you get out there and use a fly rod and enjoy the enjoy the uh, environment. I tell you, here, here at Living the Dream Outdoors, we promote all of those good things, you know. Yeah. And and we're quite an outdoors group. Uh, well, there's some of us out just about every day. If hey, if, if I'm busy and hung up on a computer, you know, I at least go out and kick the dog and oh yeah, and walk out to the garden and check the woods and the ponds, you know, <laughs> to make sure everything's still on the up and up. Oh yeah. But living Absolutely. the dream outdoors, man, mm-hmm. we do it. We eat well, too. We do eat well. <laughs> hey, Frank Cox, if people want to check out SmokerBuilder.com. Yeah, go to SmokerBuilderMFG.com or just go on any social media and type in SmokerBuilder and you'll find me Hey, and folks, my people. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Get a hold of me and I'll ship you some sand. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. It's been Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. And, folks, never, ever give up on your outdoor dream. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and the Fly Rod Journals. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.